The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. A reading from Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? No disciple is superior to the teacher, but when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but not perceive the wooden beam in your own? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove that splinter in your eye, when you do not even notice the wooden beam in your own eye? You hypocrite, remove the wooden beam from your eye first, then you will see clearly to remove the splinter in your brother's eye. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit, for every tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, nor do they gather grapes from brambles. A good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good. But an evil person out of the store of evil produces evil. For from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever been in one of those one-sided conversations where you're all sorts of excited about something? Maybe a new hobby, a book, a movie, a concert, a game, whatever, something that happened. And then you're waxing eloquently about how amazing this thing is, and the person you're talking to could clearly care less. So then you try to invite them into it, you try to invite them into the love of your life, this new thing you found out, and you tell them all these wonderful things, and they just simply respond, yeah, that's cool. And you start to wonder, how can they be, how can they not be so excited about this object, this thing you're so excited about? How can they be so cold? Sometimes in this situation, I think that God is the excited one, and we are the cold one. We come to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass where every single word and every single action that takes place here is God waxing eloquently about the mysteries of salvation. He's here telling us everything we need to know, the most exciting things of our lives. And not only telling us, but showing us and representing His body, blood, soul, and divinity. His sacrifice for us to prove to us our worth. He's doing all of this every single time at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. He then gives himself to us in the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Eucharist. All of this takes place every single Sunday, even every single day. And often we end Mass by talking about the weather. How do we witness the most amazing thing that will ever take place in our lives, the greatest miracle ever done? And all we can worry about is everything else as we exit the church. You see, my brothers and sisters, sometimes this coldness towards Christ, this indifference that sometimes takes root in our hearts, especially to these saving mysteries, it's something that can be a little bit of the beam and the splinter problem mentioned in the Gospel. 
Now often this saying of our Lord Jesus Christ is understood in dealing with our brothers and sisters of don't try to correct their faults if you haven't first corrected your own. And that's true. But sometimes it can be interpreted as well as the other person is God himself. Sometimes we want to remove the splinter from God's eye, the things he's doing wrong, before we want to deal with the beam in our own. Sometimes I ask people, well, why is it a struggle sometimes to make it to Mass on Sundays? Well, I don't get anything out of it. Namely, it's God's fault, or the church, or something like that, and it's their problem, and I don't care, and, and it's not my fault. Well, why don't you pray every day? Well, it seems that God never responds to me. It seems like he doesn't answer the prayers that I asked for. Namely, it's God's fault, not mine. Why are you bored at Mass sometimes? Well, the music's not what I like, or the homily was not interesting, or the prayers are too long, or it just seems to go on and on and on, etc., etc. Namely, it's not my fault, it's someone else's. Musicians, the priest, the church, or something along those lines. It's always someone else's splinter in their eye that's, that's causing all the problems, and it's never my own. Well, my brothers and sisters, our Lord Jesus Christ, is, Christ enters into this scene and he challenges us. He says, remove the beam from your eye first. When you have a problem with something, especially in the church, let us first ask the question of, what is wrong with my own heart? Before I ask what is wrong with what's going on. So perhaps you don't get anything out of the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Good. It's not about you. Our Lord did not say from the cross, does this make you happy? Our Lord did not say the sacred words on the cross of, are you feeling good right now? No, on the sacred cross, when our Lord Jesus Christ was dying for us, that is, represented on this altar, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not the mysteries that are placed before them, because perhaps the lukewarmness of their hearts prevents them from seeing the full reality of the glories placed before them. Now, I mention these things, and you might be thinking, well, Father, first deal with the beam instead of pointing the splinter out in our eyes. Well, I struggle with the same thing. I, too, have been in that place where I spend the whole Mass looking at the stained glass windows. I, too, have been at Masses trying to find the one without any music, without anything else, so that it can be as short as possible, so I can fulfill my obligation and get back to my life. I, too, have been in that place where it wasn't about God, It was about me, and I've been in everything in between. How can we love someone if we don't know them? And how can we develop a deeper relationship with someone if we assume we already know everything about them and don't seek to know more about them? One of the fruits that's a bad fruit that's come from translating the whole Mass into English and saying everything out loud is we've gotten a little too familiar with the prayers and everything in the Mass. Now, I'm not saying we have to get rid of English, by no means, but I'm saying that it's sometimes coddled us into this place of comfort that we don't pay full attention to what's going on. We've kind of just gotten used to it. For example, can you tell me the first words of the Roman canon The prayer I have been saying since I've gotten here about every single weekend. You don't have to say it out loud right now. But do we know that prayer? It's been said on your behalf. It's your prayer to be said that the priest says for you. Do we know what those words are? 
Or do we just let the familiarity of it all just pass us by? Father's doing his thing, I'm doing my thing, and we're all okay. Do you know what the Roman canon is about? Do you know some of the main names that are mentioned? Do you know why they're mentioned? Do you know what the collect is? Do you know what the prayer after communion is about? Do you know it before Mass begins? Now, you're not a bad Catholic if you don't know these things. I don't want to point that kind of a splinter out, but I want to invite each and every one of us that if we don't seem to get much out of the Mass, if the Mass just seems like the same thing week after week, perhaps it's the beam in our own eyes. Perhaps there's an obstacle we need to remove from ourselves. I can say that I didn't start to get a lot out of the Mass until I had to start preparing a homily for every one of them. I wasn't great at reading the readings beforehand. But I can tell you that it's changed my ability to understand what it is the Lord has prepared for me. Every single holy sacrifice. So if we feel like we're getting nothing out of the Mass, then indeed I think we can ask that question of perhaps what is the obstacle that's preventing me from receiving the glories of the graces the Lord has prepared here. If we find ourselves extremely distracted during Mass, sometimes that's just a human reality. But there are certain obstacles to that. Do we show up on time, maybe even a little bit early, so that we can quiet ourselves and pray? Before Mass, do we actually talk to God, or we just read the bulletin and talk to our neighbor? After Mass is over, one of the things all of the saints have recommended we should do is say a thanksgiving to God after Mass. This is one of the hardest things for us poor Americans to do. The job's done, we move on to the next one. Mass is over, let us get out of here, and that's okay. But do you take time throughout your day to reflect on what was given to you during the Mass? It could be something as simple as immediately following Mass as the priest walks out, the music ends. Just sit down or kneel down for but two or three minutes to think about the glory and the graces offered to you in this Mass. That can change your entire way of coming to the Holy Sacrifice. Indifference that our Lord Lord has spoken about is caused by a lack of love. And love is a choice, not a feeling. So if you feel like your prayer life is not very good, if you feel like coming to Mass doesn't really bear any fruit, then perhaps we need to ask ourselves that question. Are we making a choice for God in our lives or not? Is there another way that he's asking us to love him above all? To sacrifice a little bit more so that he's more towards the center? Because God is speaking eloquently about the mysteries of salvation and redemption here at this holy sacrifice. He has so many graces in store for you. He wants you to know the glories he's prepared for you as a son and daughter. How will you respond to his joy? With joy yourself or with indifference?